I'm here, everyone. I'm here. Uh, so sorry about that. Uh, uh, yes, uh, the news episodes always take longer than I intend them to. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I I'm here. I'm here. Hopefully, I've got the sound levels correct. Uh, let's hope for that being correct. Yes, yes, good. Oh, my goodness me. Um, hello. Can you hear me? Uh, I am live, uh, I, I, I believe. Uh, hopefully, the technology is going to enable me to be live. Oh, I'll go briefly go big face. Hello, everyone. Hello. Oh, I've got an empty mug of tea here. Uh, there. Uh, we definitely absolutely must abolish the treasury. Merch, always available. Um, how are we doing? Oh, I've, I've, I've swizzled my, uh, my, my, sli my, my slider, my mixer. So hopefully the sound balance when the, when the audio comes through will be okay. We'll soon find out. Anyway. Yeah, sorry I'm a little late. Let's get cracking. Um, oh, Yes, it's episode 175. Um, uh, Dave Grohl takes a train. Another news story. Yeah, it's a news episode, everyone. Um, shout out to the Class 175. Here it is in its original livery. Uh, first Northwestern weird service that kind of got absorbed. It replaced a bunch of Class 37 hold Mark II coaches, which is also a bit weird to think of. How bizarre. What a time to be alive. Anyway, uh, yeah, hopefully you all enjoyed um, uh, what was on the telly. It only remains for me to say, um, well, actually, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. Welcome to tonight's Rail Natter. Okay, I really need to get the sound balance right on that uh, oh, on that, that news bit. Anyway, yes, as the Intercity 225 fades away, it's news time, everyone. Let's get my small face up in the corner so you can see what the hell's going on. Uh, yes, it's... Um, it, it, yeah, I was briefly on with Patillo. It was an interesting, interesting chat to him. Um, he clearly had someone do some research for him because he did make several Walmart-oriented jokes... Um, to compliment me and in at Walmart's expense, um, and a couple of things that potentially referenced rail. I'm not sure. Uh, he is a politician, which means he's kind of got the um, got the uh, got got his researchers to do some some work. But anyway, uh, so that was fine. Uh, there's not going to be a frenemies thing. Um, I, I, I do not align with Patilla's politics, but he was doing his. The premise of this series of of, of Great British Railway Journeys was was fundamentally Keynesian. So I have no regrets in in, in the appearance. Um, I will always appear to make the case for HS2. It's a shame it didn't make the cut. That's the only problem. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so right, let's do the news. Uh, the ORR has engaged. So, so on the back of last week's episode, which was about was it last week? No, it wasn't. The week before's episode about uh, ticket office closures. Um, yeah, the officer rail and road is very much engaged passive aggressive mode, and it started tweeting out quite a few things um in reference to to passenger assists uh, almost kind of trying to make the point and i know uh, i know a few people in uh, in the orr and the officer railroad and shout out to those of you who are sort of pushing against some of the otherwise pretty substantial regulatory capture happening in the uk at the moment um uh, Portillo is a Natter Patreon supporter, no, so he's definitely heard of it. Yeah, good point, Lim Manfu. Yeah, very, very good point. Anyway, uh, yeah, so here are some statistics uh, on screen showing that the, the, the passenger assists are up substantially. Okay, so they're up substantially on, on the previous year, obviously, but, but they are 
sort of at, at record-breaking levels. They're, they're higher than they've ever been before. Um, likewise, bookings uh, by uh, kind of passenger assist bookings. These are all things that require presence of staff. Hmm. Yes. Uh, that's not the only thing. That's not the only pass I think that's getting, been getting um, posted. Uh, yeah, there's, there's the RR writing to the rail industry to uh, praise train operators and network rail for their progress in training staff to support disabled passengers. What's interesting is a friend of the show, Lucio Buffone, at the bottom here. Uh, this is Lucio um, on Twitter. Uh, we literally have an operating instruction to leave disabled people behind if they haven't rebooked assistance at unstaffed station on DO services. So, uh, yeah, just um, reinforcing the point that... Uh, yeah, things aren't rosy in the rail industry at the moment. Um, things are going in all directions. Uh, Gareth is asking if the RR have updated their logo to include the Tudor crown now that, uh, yeah, the different crown press. I bet they haven't. Uh, no. Oh, uh, don't worry, campaign for Northeast Rail. I was also fashionably late for my own podcast. Um, anyway, uh, what else? Well, there's a quote in this report that they released, which I think is interesting, from Stephanie Tobin, who's the director of strategy policy and reform. She said, uh, well-trained staff are essential for an accessible railway. The industry needs people with the appropriate skills, knowledge, and attitude necessary to effectively assist disabled passengers to travel with confidence. We've reviewed how operators are providing disability and equality refresher training for all passenger-facing staff, and we are pleased to find that the rail industry is making good progress. Um, hmm. Context is key. Anyway, uh, and in amongst all this chaos, uh, His Majesty's Chief Inspector of Railways, HM Chief Inspector of Railways, is resigning. Ian Prosser is resigning. We have to get Ian on once he's retired and get him to dish the juicy goss. Um, yeah, get Ian on. Um, yes, yeah, in advance of next June, when it's uh, Ian's 65th birthday. Uh, happy birthday for next year, Ian. Um, he is retiring. Not a moment too soon. Hmm. Yes. Uh, he is escaping. Sorry, that sounded like I was saying goodbye to Ian. Well, I, I like Ian Prosser a lot, and he's done a lot for, for, for certain types of safety. I think he could have been, he could have had sharper teeth. There's always a balance to be struck. I think he could have had sharper teeth on, on accessibility, frankly. I think it's, it's, it's his, not necessarily a blind spot, but it's something that he's clearly not been able to act on where I think he should have. Um, in any case... Uh, on the subject of accessibility, uh, Lord Orc, uh, Jellyhead, uh, Lord Orc on Twitter, friend of the show, uh, New Elizabeth Line Station for HS2 won't be full accessible as Design Forces TFL to intervene. Uh, Andy Lord is intervening about to, to offer level boarding, except that uh, it's TFL are, who are a fine one to talk, since they're the ones who screwed up Crossrail's design to require level boarding with a high platform. Um, which means that it isn't level boarding because it means it is only level boarding within the central section tunnel stations and the purpose-built dedicated stations, not the mixed traffic stations. So um, TFL can't take the high road on this. They're the ones who've screwed up Crossrail horribly. Um, that's some good news, some nice news. Uh, the LNR Trainbow is, uh, is 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 together is the is the name of the Trainbow, and it's quite nice. I mean, in fact, it's not quite nice. I think it's brilliant. It's lovely. Uh, you can see the. Um, uh, this is the progress flag plus, um, is it, oh, this is where I'm exposing myself and my ignorances. Is the, is the circle with the, the, the line around it, is that ACE or is it NB, uh, people, no, I thought it, mm. anyway, uh, I can't remember because I'm an ignoramus, but everyone in the chat will tell me, thanks everyone in the chat, you, you can, you can update me, but it, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's, and each coach subsequently has, so there's a, a coach for trans pride there's a coach for bi pride there's, it's nice it's it's very nicely representative yes you know you're right it's the gay train we all love a gay train um 
Intersex. Thanks, Adam Evans. Yes, it's intersex. Thank you very much indeed. My my ignorance. I'm uh, an ignorant Luddite and have been uh, uh, thankfully brought forward by my wonderful uh, audience. Thanks, everyone. The circle is intersex. There's like 20 people going intersex, intersex. That's why I love all of you lot. You're clever and modern, and that's why I surround myself with people who are cleverer than I am. Um, anyway, uh, it's Gage Wars. We're, we're jumping into Gage Wars again. Uh, this is a tweet from the Transport, who are obviously generally rubbish with railways, but what's quite interesting is that they're talking about uh, conversion of major lines in Ukraine to standard gauge. I think it's a genuinely good idea. It's a, a, a very quick and easy way to um, screw over Russia is that they just wouldn't be able to access the country using their trains. So, I mean, arguably Ukraine could have been doing this earlier, frankly, but you know it's very expensive to re-gauge railways. But standard gauge track, and, and yeah, there's a, there's a nice map showing that they're going to, you know, the, the line through Kiev um, and towards Kharkiv and uh, out to Dnipro and uh, all sorts of places that currently have a, a Russian flag flying over them, in fact, but hopefully at some point in the future will not. Um, but yeah, um, it's all about the some, some serious... Yeah, and Moldova as well. So they're Moldova like, ha! Huh. Um, although Moldova is, is a Russian proxy at the moment, isn't it? Is anyone willing to update me on that? I'm not, I'm not, not 100% sure. In any case, um, yeah, standard gauge track install standard gauge track uh stop the russians because the original thing about standard gauge track and and russian gauge track about, about being about stopping an invasion isn't correct it's just it, it, it's a myth but this ironically is making a reality of that myth uh, just the other way around which is fun uh you know saying we'll fight russian gauge in the trenches etc michael c will it be full conversion or will it be dual gauge to allow interoperability with lines which aren't being converted yeah good question uh, i think there will be an interoperability um um, I can't have dual standard Russian gauge. It's very much total conversion or nothing. Oh yeah, I suppose it's too close together. So you 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 have to you have to just go for full conversion. Uh, hopefully they do full conversion and convert the um, the branches as well, or or perhaps have paralleling tracks. I'm not sure, but it, it it would make sense to just expand the conversion. The advantage of standard gauge is that standard uh, gauge is that they can just buy off the shelf trains um, very easily. Uh, and, and lots more international stuff can run. You know, it will very much bring Ukraine to the fold. Uh, Martha Lauren. Oh, thank you, Martha. Moldova, it's complicated. Thank you. Uh, Moldova, anti-Russian. Fear of getting invaded is powerful fear and driving them to the West. Yeah. Uh, excellent work, Russia. Um, oh, yeah. Transnistria is the Russian... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, okay, thanks, everyone. Yeah, this is why I love you a lot. Because um, it means that the people who listen to this after the fact get get the information, but I'm here flailing around hopelessly and get informed by everyone in the chat. Just just, just, just a shout out to everyone in the chat. Love you a lot. Um, you're what make this podcast work. So if it was just me, a, a, a loner, saying stuff, it'd be rubbish. Um, uh, yes, the separatists in Transnistria, that's right. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, you need a weird custom double railhead. Yeah, that, that's right, Tom. Yeah, good point. So, um, right, we're jumping around a bit. Um, oh, yeah, because, uh, no, 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 not that gauge. Yes, this is a gauging-based uh, story, but it's uh, Simon. You're on the chat. Hello, Simon. It's one for you. Um, this is about Network Rail laying out a £10 million plan it hopes will unlock capacity for freight trains. £10 million quid for a gauge clearance project is not a small amount, but it's also not a large amount either. So I've worked on several gauge schemes. I worked on Doncaster to um, Leeds recently, uh, what was called Yorkshire Terminals Gauging as a project, and we spent, it was a 20 million quid capital expenditure project, and we ended up saving Network Rail about, uh, we ended up spending 8 million instead of 20 million. Um, so you can deliver gauge clearance for, for that sort of money, um, but it just depends on the complexity of the of the route. I've done a, quite a bit of work of, of, of gauge clearance assessments around this area. Um 
but yeah, sorry, I've not even said what this is. This is this is detailing the 10 million plan to allow more freight through the channel. Uh, so it's connecting high speed one, which is obviously you know well not obviously it's it's it has very good gauge clearance. European broadly whatever that actually means GB loading gauge, which is not UK loading gauge by the way, which is also a different thing. Um, uh, yeah, confusingly GB loading gauge is one of the names of the European loading gauge standards, but it has nothing to do with Great Britain. Sorry. Um, so. It's good, but I'd love to get read out first with the least useful comment. No, no, no. Um, Simon saying, oh boy, which is good. I'm sure Simon's not going to say any more on this. Um, 10 million quid is not very much money in the grand scheme of things, so it's worth spending it if you can get the gauge clearance. Uh, yeah, there's a load of uh, continental intermodal traffic. Cannot pass over our classic route at the moment, um, so travels either on HS1 or actually just goes short. Uh, there should be no freight on HS1 for starters. Just get it off. Get It just, get it just should not be running on the high speed, on, on the fast lines. That shouldn't be happening. So... Um, uh, yes, the classic route from Donaldsmore to Wembley, uh, still since the early 90s, unable to cater for... Well, they're talking about W9A, but I'm hoping... I'm hoping that they do as much W12 as they can. W9A and W12, there's not a huge amount of difference, but there is. there are occasional substantial differences, and, and the difference in terms of operating benefit between W9A and W12 is pretty massive. Um, although, in the same breath, the, 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 the operators are getting cleverer with their wagon and... and, and swap body uh, and uh, sorry and, and container um combinations so w9a is a dynamic gauge so it accounts for uh it, it's, it's a sort of an infrastructure gauge so it accounts for lots of combinations of uh wagon depth suspension behavior type all the sorts of different variations of wagon and, bo and, and box on top as well the different sizes that you get because you get quite a few different variations uh w9a is a bit it's a bit annoying that we're going for w9a because w9a is like it's such a it's such a 2000s era gauge like we should be doing better we should be aiming for w10 a or w12 um uh but anyway you know it's still better than nothing uh it's just ridiculous that we don't have you know it's just i mean these sorts of things often involve under bridges platforms over bridges occasionally tunnels although probably not too many tunnels in this area oh actually maybe a couple of tunnels actually but um mostly it'll be over bridges and and and, and um and, and center girder under bridges and things that get in the way um Often it's problems that are W6 problems, which is the standard go anywhere gauge around the UK, uh, around GB, sorry. Um, but the, the reality is we should have a rolling program of W12 clearance that should just be going around the country doing this stuff. You know, just spend, they should just be spending about 50 million quid a year working their way around the country, clearing everything to W12, um, or ideally even a little bigger than that. So, yeah. Uh, little every little helps but it's 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 way it's yet another there are countless different rolling programs you know resignaling electrification accessibility your know, platform corrections and uh, gauge clearance you know, overall gauge clearance to w12 is, is another one um well oh, let's talk about paris very briefly paris are knocking it out of the park um so this is a nice little speech that was given at the end of june um, by the mayor of Paris. She was saying that uh, car use in Paris is down 40% of the last 10 years. Air pollution down 45%. Um, uh, more than five times the number of cycle lanes now. Um, 300 school streets coming in. Large number of initiatives to make streets safer for children and older residents. It'll be interesting to see the safety uh, outcomes of that. Also enormous investments in, um, uh, you know, absolutely enormous investments in uh, 
public transport. You know, uh, there's a lot of money being spent on 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 expansions to the metro. So lots and lots of stuff going on in Paris. Paris showing London and and the UK how it's done. Because London, when was the last Crossrail? Oh, great. Why is there you know why is there not an ongoing continued program of of metro expansions? London's a growing city, therefore the metro system should be growing as well. Oh, anyway, uh, yes, uh, love to see Paris doing wonderful things. Uh, makes me very happy. Um, uh, campaign for Northeast Rail, I can believe that W10A... It's a joke because the difference between W10A and W12 is absolutely trivial. I know this because I have assessed the whole UK... Well, the whole of GB on both, and I can tell you that the difference is basically nothing, and you should just go for W12. Um, uh, it's just... Oh, it, it, because people think the number's lower, they go, no, no, do it for the one below, and that's still great. It's like, no, just do everything to W12. Just spend the extra money. It's not that much. Just do it. So frustrating. Uh, no, W12 is definitely not enough for double-deckers, for sure. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, no, double-deckers are bad on the UK railway network. Double-deckers, as in passenger double-deckers, uh, are, are because we have limited platform space and double-deckers require extended dwell time. So just forget double Also, our platform height doesn't work with double-deckers. So forget double-decker trains. They're not a good idea in the UK. Uh, see my... Tweets out. I need to do a rail hour on double deckers, don't I? Anyway, I digress. Uh, what else is going on? Translore continues its demise. Translore. I've I've done I did a tweet thread when I was in um, uh, Padova on um, on Translore. Translore is the buses that have a stupid thing in the middle that guides them around, and they but they they're designed to look like trams, even though it's just a bus, but but kind of worse in every single way. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so this article from Urban Transport Magazine pointing this out. Um, uh, this is the the first this is the first of the systems to be fully decommissioned. This is in Shanghai. Um, uh, this is the the the, the, the Shanghai Pudong Modern Rail Transit Company Limited. Um, yeah, their yeah, their their bus tram nonsense is getting decommissioned. This is the key quote: Maintenance of the fleet of nine Translor ST three low floor vehicles um, became increasingly complex and cost intensive over the years as the system is no longer actively marketed after the takeover by Alstom Group. The supply of spare parts has remained difficult for years. Currently, only four vehicles are still operational. So that's four out of nine vehicles. This is why you don't buy proprietary bullshit, everyone, because these systems are proprietary. Why do you think I rant about gadget bands? This is a classic example. A tram, a conventional tram, there's nothing proprietary about it. You can just, you can, it's, it's under a standard system of OLE. It's under, you know, of, 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 of usually DC catenary. It's on it's rails set to a, a set gauge, whether it's standard gauge or another gauge. Uh, it has wheel profiles that are agreed by standards, all defined in standards. So any old moron if they're complying with the standards, can deliver you that tram upgrade. There's no chance that something can expire. And okay, a company could go bust, and you might have a series of trams that are that are you know not non-maintainable. But you can probably get another company who builds trams to look after them, as has happened before. Or you buy a new series of trams, uh, and 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 and, and you know, this is why you don't go for stupid proprietary systems. Along with the fact that. Um, there are all sorts of other issues with these trams. Like they're more expensive to build, they wreck the roads. They're just a bad system. Putting that to one side, just on a, on the purely on the proprietary basis, do not go for these stupid systems. So uh, yeah, good to see Translaw uh, continue its demise. Don't buy this crap. Uh, why is a go go in South Wales? Yes, uh, TFW Wales um, doing their their the South Wales uh, inverted commas metro. Um, and yeah, there's a nice picture of, the, of, of, of a blue flash as they uh, electrify the, the the first first phase of the of the metro system, continuing with station signalling works. Yeah, so that's good news. Uh, glad to see that is continue to rumble on, um, slower than than we would like, and and uh, with a reduced scope, but it is happening at least. Um, right, rail industry staff in a bad state. Let's talk about. There's no 
no less ever well worth a follow um tweets very interesting bits and pieces uh, if you work in the rail industry you should read this there is a, a narrative that everyone in the industry is well paid historically it was mainly people who retired and needed help now the majority who seek help from the railway benefit fund are employed it's a pretty grim statistic um uh yes so uh, it's increasingly that the the, the rail benefit fund is supporting younger employed staff members which is seriously grim and it indict it's a damning indictment on the state of our industry frankly um so here's a load of stats. Uh, the number of applications has gone up by 100%. Um, the referrals to the Citizens Advice Bureau between last year and uh, between 2021 and 2022 has, has gone up by, what, 500% more? Good grief. Uh, the major vast majority, the breakdown, uh, you know, retired and former railway workers uh, are in the minority. About two-thirds are current railway workers. Demand up 257% since 2018. The number of children being supported by the... Uh, I'm not so, such a fan of the pink and blue balloons. I see what they're doing, but come on now. Um, uh, 273 children being supported. It's just grim. Energy Support Fund, newly created, 1,000 inquiries received, £334,729 in financial support given in 2022. It's just, just grim. Uh, key findings, one in four of all Railway Benevolent Fund... Uh, sorry, Railway Benefit Fund cases are people who face losing their homes... Uh, two people every month because they couldn't feed themselves or their families, usually after they access local food banks, meaning the RBF was their last line of support. The demographic has changed from a former railway worker in their 60s in need of funeral support, that's the common one in 2018, to a current railway worker in their 40s in need of debt support. In 2022, that's the shift over, over the four, four years. Grim. Total financial support increased by 25% in 2021. Demand has more than tripled in the last five years. As a direct response to the cost of living crisis, the RBF launched the Energy Support Fund with 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 uh, you know with their uh, with a thousand inquiries towards that. So this is a really grim. So th this is a, the reason I put this up is because if you see on Twitter or see wherever it is that you're having seeing these discussions, this is what Railnet partly what Railnet is about. It's for you lot, you lovely lot, are the people who go out and have these conversations, and and I'm trying to provide information that you can refer back to that that, that allows you to make some you know informed debate. Uh, informed arguments in favour of or 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 against certain s stories or narratives, and on that similar theme, uh, oh, you know what I haven't done is I haven't I haven't politely altered all of my uh, yeah, um, there we go yeah fine, um, on that theme, the uh, yeah here we are this is the uh, the famously left wing organisation the IMF here the International Monetary Fund explicitly laying out what the cause of inflation currently is. Rising corporate profits were the largest contributor to Europe's inflation over the past two years as companies increased prices by more than the spiking cost of imported energy. Um, just in case you're wondering, let's get the old whack-em out. Uh, there we go. Um, let's see if I just go to... There we go. Um, sorry, I'm just getting me whack-em out. It's in the top corner here. Uh, you can see the the red here is profits, and you can see profits in terms of a contribution to annual change in consumption deflated, so basically uh, as a percentage of inflation. In the past, profits have been a sizable proportion. There we are, see, sizable proportion in the between 2017-2018, again a sizable proportion 2015-2016, but the enormous shifting here in, in inflation, as you can see, ah, yes, since 2021 through 2021 to 2022 and into 2023, it's 
profits. It certainly is not labor costs. And um, import prices having a, are certainly having a, a, a factor as well. But you can see here that profits are a contributor to uh, euro area inflation. Pretty grim, really. Uh, in fact, I've got a zoomed-in version of the graph just for anyone who wants to see this uh, more clearly. Um, yeah, not not great, really. Um, yeah, all that stuff about workers' wages causing inflation spirals was uh, absolute piffle. Uh, correct, Simon. Uh, but you knew this anyway. Um, Tajali, who's uh, written a few pieces that are well worth going and finding, by the way, on uh, follow Tajali, Taj underscore Ali one on Twitter. Uh, Taj done some, some fantastic pieces on uh, on the the booking offices closures and the impacts on on both passengers but also uh, staff. Really well worth having a look at. Um, yeah, pointing out politicians and pundits need to stop parroting the myth that pay rises are driving inflation. Inflation is soaring amid the longest period of wage stagnation since the Napoleonic Wars, according to the IMF. Corporate profiteering is the single biggest cause of rising inflation. Absolutely. So, um, and on a similar theme, I'm afraid the Equality Trust here is. Um, referring to new ONS, uh, the, the new ONS cost of living survey, pointing out that one in 20 report running out of food and have been unable to afford to buy more. That's 5% of people running out of food and unable to buy more food um, and showing how this is spread unequally. So if we go into their, their data, you can see um, this is a stark graphic. So to give you an idea of the sorts of people who are suffering um, in the cost of living crisis, uh, the majority on prepayment meters... Um, the majority are renters. The majority are mixed or other ethnicities, um, or Black African, Caribbean, or Black British. And the majority are single parents. So the, 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 these kind of Venn diagram of these overlapping, um, you know, in uh, this this is the, the the people answering the, the answering yes to in the past two weeks have you or your household run out of food and could not afford to buy more. Absolutely grim. What what a state of our country. Just shocking. Absolutely shocking. Um, right. Uh, in a uh, jarring shift of tone, uh, well, not that jarring, actually. Uh, some some good things are happening in the US. Uh, Jared Bray, shout out to Jared. Um, worth, a, worth a follow in, in Philly. A rare, bit of good, a rare good bit of transit news. A new tax created by Minnesota lawmakers is expected to raise $450 uh, million a year for Twin Cities Transit. Um, uh, enough to wipe out Metro's operating deficit and add about $300 million, $300 million a year to its budget. That's good. Extra money on the budget. $300 million uh, is nothing to be sniffed at. There's enough to do match funding with with inve capital investment or, or or to invest in you know additional maintenance and or, or additional services, additional operating revenue. That's, that's good stuff. Um, so that's um, some good news going on. Um, happy days. Uh, the the chat has died. I don't know where the chat's gone. Chat, are you still there? Someone say something. See if you're still here. Um, actually, I have the technology to do this. Uh, there good uh so uh this is also a fun thing uh i, I, I put simply i like this there's trevor stone on, on twitter uh, pointing out an interesting reuse of seats from a greater anglia mark three coach on platforms one and two at ashford international where starbucks appears to have repurposed um the table well possibly the tables but certainly the the chairs from um the the nicely reclined chairs from mark three coach i quite like this uh it's good fun um uh, good stuff, yeah. I, I, I like this. This is fun. They're probably not the easiest seats to clean and, and, and look after, but they're 
yeah, this is a fun retro thing. I like this. Uh, these seats combined with the bar that I love uh, directly underneath Waterloo Bridge would be the ideal, my ideal uh, bar aesthetic, I think. Um, so, I do need to exaggerate my Scottish accent every now and then. Now, now that I've got this new microphone, I really should be uh, everyone. Welcome to tonight's Rail Natter. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, On-demand buses, probably bad. This is this is a grim bit of grim reading. Uh, Kevin Tennant and I, Dr. Kevin Tennant and I, have talked about permanence of the permanent way. Um, in fact, it's a very popular episode, and it's a fantastic episode that really embeds and anchors everything about rail natter and why I advocate for railways so vigorously. And, 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 and this is a good example, because buses, the permanence of buses is also key, having permanent bus stops, having permanent timetables. I've always been a skeptic of on-demand buses, and I have to say this 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 story is a sorry tale. So Gareth Forrest here pointing, hello Gareth, um, I spent many meetings in West Yorkshire uh, Command Authority's Wellington House arguing with senior councillors about why this is not a replacement for a reliable bus service and would never work. We knew it would fail, passengers wouldn't use it, and yet millions of pounds were spent to end this. How many millions? Um multiple millions um yeah so here's bus and train user has been capturing the the story of this which is great thank you bus and train user uh your bus in north yorkshire gone uh flexi in blanai gwent off peak gone novus flex in leicestershire going flexibus in east leeds which is what this story is about is going and that's so far this month so there's just just the de- the absolute demise of flexible on-demand buses. They're a dreadful idea, and millions of pounds were spent. Multiple millions of pounds were spent on these trials. When actually it'd be far better. So go to Bus and Train Users website by the way to get the full lowdown on this. It's a really grim tale. Forty pound a ride sees um, plug pulled on East Leeds DRT. Yeah, um, yeah, just DRT. Uh, Craig Thurston saying DRT scheme seems to last about fifteen seconds beyond the initial funding run. Um, Martha Lauren, preferably permanent bus and train tables that connect, timetables that connect with each other. Uh, see also Martha and I's previous episode. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this is um, just just grim. Uh, DRT, DRT buses fail often a year after they win a big uh, a big award. Uh, joke that was uh, going to happen in Aberdeen was correct. Lol. Yes. Yeah. Who could have seen this coming? Um, Is bus and train user Roger Ford? Really? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Raphael. Uh, yeah, this is just a cab. Exactly. It might as well just be a cab. Precisely. Like, cabs are fine. They are part of the... the, the at the extreme edges, you could argue that a cab, that sort of on-demand, uh, is fine. But it's far better to just have a bus that serves any population centre of more than 100 people uh, that is frequent as hell. Anyway. Um, oh, uh, another quick change. Let's, let's talk about the UCU. Um, I should have been wearing my UCU hat for this. Uh, funnily enough, strikes work. Um, the university... What is it? University... Remunerated supplement... Uh, the, basically, the massive, the massive pensions fund that is universities um, is uh, £7.4 billion in surplus, and they're going to risk... And, and the UCU is um, going to... Uh, or rather, all members' pensions... And cost of their monthly contributions are going to be uh, so. So pensions are going to be restored. Cost of contributions uh, massively reduced, um, and um, this would simply not have happened without the strikes. So it's another case of a very successful series of hard work but necessary strikes that have once again striking workers because the use uh, um, uh, striking workers who are in the minority of university workers overall, I believe. Um, 
university's superannuation service. Thank you, Tom. Um, have won this for everyone. This is the time for those other workers to join the union and um, quit whining and going, oh, nothing is works, nothing works, because you're a union that you are not a part of has just won your ass a huge pension benefit that you were gonna, you would have lost, um, uh, you would have lost without the UCU fighting for it. Uh, and absolutely, as Tony Badilla here is, is pointing out, don't let anyone tell you this would have happened without the sacrifice of UCU strikers. And if you doubt that, by the way, they've all sacrificed a lot of pay. So that's a lot of people who have sacrificed a lot of pay getting a benefit for a lot of people who have not sacrificed a lot of pay. Um, join the union. If you're in the university, join the union. Uh, and if you doubt that, know that the improved state of USS was anticipated by everyone, but it still took all the strikes of last year to move Universities UK to even think about benefit restoration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes. Good stuff. Strikes work. Um, quit whining and give up the benefit. Simples. Yeah. Um, London used to lead in Paris fall now, so they're out. Oh, public transport. Yeah, you're right, Phil. Uh, you're a little behind, but yeah, agreed. Now, uh, talking of Paris uh, and London, uh, Eurostar, a sad shell of its former self. Thanks, actually, uh, Phil Two Hoots. You give me an excellent segue there. Uh, Sharon O'Day of... Hey, uh, Sharon O'Day. Oh, my goodness. Sharon, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you where are you i need you uh, anyway um yes this is just showing the map of eurostar services and all 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 of them crossed out other than london lille brussels and paris pretty grim situation isn't it um what should be the connection from london to the rest of europe and really ought to be continues to be a bit of an embarrassment like it should be london paris berlin madrid you know that we should be having a connections across europe and we still do not. It's shocking. Uh, it's rubbish, and it's not necessarily entirely because of Eurostar as an organisation. It's partly because of the UK's just lack of belief in supporting Eurostar. Um, they treat it like it's a, a... Well, I mean, to be fair, also because Eurostar is treated like a, a flight operator, not a train operator. Anyway, um, there's some other happy news. Uh, sleeper's hours again. Uh, let's see what this means for the Caledonian Sleeper. But yes, um, as of the, Ju the 25th of June, uh, the Caledonian Sleeper moved back into operation, uh, moved to Scottish Rail Holdings, which is just basically the, the Scottish government's holding company. Um, indeed, and the, 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 as we get closer and closer to my ultimate dream of... Um, this branding for the Caledonian Sleeper, yeah. Uh, Martha Lawrence pointing out that the, the Eurostar demand... Um, uh, is is that uh, the, the the high fares is is indicating that demand is not being met because they have to price people off? Yes, absolutely. Yes, a hundred percent. They could expand it massively. Anyway, here's the Caledonian sleeper with rail alphabet, and but keeping the Caledonian sleeper logo thing because I kind of like it. Um, yes, this this is the dream, isn't it? Um, right. Okay. Some some pretty grim news. Well, some slightly more lighthearted, but also some grim news uh, here, and really pretty horrible news. Um, so, content warning: descriptions of images from rail crashes coming up. Um, the OG buffer stop report has been published by the RAIB. We'll do a page turn of this because there's some interesting and some less. There's some very interesting and some quite a bit less interesting stuff in this report. So we'll do a page turn of this for sure. Um, this is the OG buffer stop report because this is the one that, of course, this is at Enfield Town station back in October 21. Uh, this led to the um, buffer stop episode, which was the live episode. Shout out to everyone who attended the live episode. It was lovely to see you. Um, and uh, yeah, it was the 100th episode of Rail Natter, which was, was live. And um, I will do another live show at some point. I'm looking forward to, to doing so. Uh, I shall. Um, good at my ways to stop errant trains. Of course, also led to uh, rate my buffers. So um, yeah, that, that, that report, well worth a read. Now, um, 
in quite a lot more serious and, and upsetting news, we have to talk about the the fact that nearly 300 people were killed in Odisha in um, in India. Um, just, yeah, southern India. Uh, just an absolutely just shocking... Uh, yeah, an absolutely shocking scale of um, of collision here. There's the there's there's more to there's more. Go away. There we are. Sorry, I'm being pestered by uh, something going on over here, which is not helpful. Thank you. Uh, actually, it's not really southern India. It's Odisha's in. Uh, it's it's kind of in. Yeah, very much over in eastern India. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, this so this 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 crash this. <laughs> The collision involved. Uh, yeah, this, this, I'm sure this is going to get picked up, and, and perhaps you know. And I think it'd be wrong to do anything else. You know, need to do it justice by waiting for the final reports and, and, and reading through those and doing a full episode. But there's an, a collision that involved three trains. Well, actually, technically four trains, I think. Um, and um, yes. Uh, wait a minute. I'm just going to go. Uh, let me just do. I wish there was a freeze in OBS. I'm just going to go to. Uh, I was going to very briefly go to Big Face because I think I've put something somewhere that I need over here. Yes, um, that's what I was looking for. Uh, there we go, fine. Uh, so you can see the mess that's gone on here. This is a horrific crash. You know, over a thousand, you know, I think, what is it, like 1,200 people seriously injured from this. Um, yeah, involved four, well, kind of involved three trains with a fourth train nearby. In fact, you can see the fourth the fourth train, the goods train kind of uh, involved. Um yeah, it's it's looking increasingly like it was a it's a Clapham Junction type incident where there's a, a wrong side failure possibly from construction work. Still not a hundred percent clear. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors because it's obviously hyper politicized. The political situation in India is a mess anyway. Uh, with you know obviously a, a pseudo dictator in the form of Modi, uh, you know ethno nationalist government that that. Does not like to see dissent, and so there's the, the kind of the and obviously there's there's a within the organisation a culture of uh, you know dip out, you know retire and shame, but without and that and, and sort of assume that that sort of solves the problem. But actually, there's there's quite a lot more going on here. There's a letter that's that's been circulating, um, which highlighted that there were problems being picked up of of of, of wrong side failures, um, and that there need to be you know uh, yeah. Series, you know, steps taken to rectify these flaws. So this has been raised already. This is raised. This is a letter by the the principal chief operations manager of the Southwestern Railway, um, uh, pointing you know right into the headquarters, going. Uh, this 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 is there are problems that we're seeing. Serious unsafe incident happened um, uh, on uh, on a section of one of the divisions uh, involving uh, train X, train Y. Very similar to this circumstance of the of the of the crash at Odisha. In fact, um, yeah, it's just, just there's a lot more to be. Yeah, it's just, just absolute. Yeah, Lin Manfu pointing out that it involved two of Indian Railway's busiest long distance trains. Yeah, one of them is a, one of their super fast, kind of one of their just two express trains that are often very, very full. Hence the the numbers involved here, just horrific numbers of people killed uh, in this crash. Um, just, just, Fred, just in case anyone's got like Indian Railways is an incredibly modern um, operation. Generally, okay, yes, the trains often look like they're a bit battered up. But generally, it's a pretty modern operation with you know, pretty decent levels of uh, generally pretty decent levels of maintenance. 
you know, so th- so for this to you know, and 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 kind of rigorously enforced standards for this to happen, something has gone wrong, and there's likely to be organizational problems involved. Uh, that you know, it's a situation where we probably have already seen people falling on their sword for this, but the um, so to speak, um, but the the reality is that there's a lot of organizational problems and potentially problematic, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, political issues that are underlying this. Can I explain a wrong side failure, Martha? Yes, I can. Uh, wrong side failure is where you have a failure of the signaling system. Signaling system should always fail safe. That is, that the, that the lights, if they go off, they're treated as red. Or if there's a problem, all the lights go to red. Uh, or, you know, signals show danger. Um, a wrong side failure is where something shows uh, proceed. Uh, so a signal shows a proceed aspect instead of a danger aspect, a stop aspect. Um so you you end up with a a failure that is dangerous, a a more dangerous situation. So yes, um, we, we th- th- that's a wrong side failure. And a wrong side failure is what caused the the Clapham rail disaster in the UK in nineteen eighty eight, which uh, claimed the lives of a lot of people. Um, uh, again, collision three trains into each other. It was a construction works that had involved a loose uh, bit of uh, conducting cable kind of making a contact and resulting in a green light showing where a red light should have been showing um uh, and that's sort of the situation that that appears to have been going on here um with some additional organizational workarounds that looked messy and have caused some problems but this is yeah um more to more to be said on this i think when 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 some of the mist clears um i think it would be good to get a anyone who's um more of an expert, more familiar with the, the with, with particularly the Southwestern Railway um, over India uh, and and the way that that company operates. It'd be good to have you on and, and, and chat about this. Um, yeah, pretty pretty grim situation. Uh, jumping to politi- politicians continuing to be um, uh, problematic. Uh, Mark Harper, who is the worst transport secretary the UK has had in a very long time, um, is uh, is is giving us some tidbits here. here here's a little tweet from him. Uh, quote from the, from his writing in the Tory graph. Uh, As transport secretary and a conservative, I believe in giving people more choice on how to travel, not banning cars from places. That's why I've stopped funding for any new LTNs. So this is wrong on a number of levels. Firstly, he doesn't have the power to do that. Uh, secondly, um, obviously, car dominance reduces choice, does not increase choice. So he's stoking culture war nonsense. Uh, but yeah, Harper is just doing culture war pratism. Um so yeah bad bad stuff so um what else yeah meanwhile so while he's coming out of that rubbish uh the government is facing a legal challenge over its cuts to cycling and walking in england uh with the funding for the rest of this parliament outside of london at one pound per person a year compared to scotland spending 58 pounds per person per year yeah, it's pretty sh- pretty uh, stark what else oh yeah some reports being released um in june about um air quality on board trains and the fact that we still we have lots of small engine kind of engines very t- tightly packaged underneath trains um that should be fully electrified that are you know sort of the ITs specifically they're pumping out horrible knocks and pu- and poisoning passengers horribly um, and so the RSS has been released a report um kind of a, a research report a t report uh T1188, um, and the DFT Science Advisory Council have responded um, and said, yeah, sure, but obviously there's nothing they, they they can just respond. There's nothing politically they can actually say that's going to happen. They're just saying, well, government is de- is decarbonizing and that'll be great and that'll solve this problem. It's like, well, yeah, you could just electrify, just electrify the railways. Um, meanwhile, HS2 grinds on. Um, this is 
table stakes at this point. The Public Accounts Committee are pointing out that the DFT does not know what it's trying to achieve with HS2's Houston Station. That's because they don't know what they're trying to achieve with transport at all. This is the whole point. This is the whole problem. This is why this project was sold so poorly. It's because England, and, and more broadly the UK, has no transport strategy at all. There is no plan for what transport needs to look like because government refuses to make one. And until that happens... You know, the reality is we, we know what it should have been done because the original HS2 plan was there on the table fine. It's just that DFT was like, ah, but can we can we work our way around that and uh, maybe not do any of that? Because DFT want the answer to be do as little as possible, but do as little as possible does not apply um, when you have a high-speed rail station under construction. Uh, and under all this, Mark Thurston's had enough. Mark Thurston's off, uh, leaving as, uh, as chief exec, uh, pointing out that he's the UK's best-paid civil servant. Well, yeah... The amount of shit that HS2 has to do with, I'd, I'd want to be getting paid big money as well. Um, so he's leaving um, as construction moves, as he's saying, into an exciting new stage. What? Th- th- there's very little left of it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and also, meanwhile, the irony is that, um, uh, yeah, all, all that happening, and Harper is in Japan tweeting out stuff about Shinkansen and saying, Transport Secretary Mark Harper took a ride on a Shinkansen bullet train in Tokyo to see some of the benefits high-speed rail could bring to the UK to provide better access to jobs around the country and grow the economy. Just absolutely unre. I just, I just absolutely that guy. Just, oh. Anyway, um, what's quite funny though is that under this DFT tweet, uh, I uh, so this DFT tweet got 165 likes as of check my check this morning, and uh, my tweet underneath got has exactly 10 times as many likes, which I'm enjoying. I didn't expect to ratio the DFT under this one, but uh, I had fun doing so. Um, yes, I, 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 I simply said you've cut and delayed the one high speed rail project that we have. What are you on about, man? And uh, yeah, that seemed to chime a chord with those seeing the tweet. Anyway, um, meanwhile, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, Stonehenge Tunnel is uh, back to going ahead again, even though this is a bad and pointless scheme. Uh, there's probably an episode in this, to be honest, and explaining why I think it's a pointless scheme. Lots of people here are saying um, that uh, that no, no, it is necessary because of you know the blight and the just build a hedge, just put a hedge around the existing road. Uh, anyway, uh, also there's this thing called the West of England line that is a single track mainline railway that could be upgraded to double track fully electrified. Um, that might solve some of your problems. Yes, so um, yes, aggravating as hell. <laughs> Absolutely aggravating as hell. Ugh. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, a desperate UK government because the, the, at the moment, if you're to have any involvement in the any involvement whatsoever in the in the car manufacturing industry, you need to be building batteries. The UK government has seen several opportunities for battery factories uh, fold in on themselves, and um, so they've they've bribed Tata. Uh, legally, they've not bribed anyone. That's uh, merely a, 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 a humorous assertion. Uh, no, they have. Um, uh, heavily subsidised to the tune of multiple billions of pounds um, Jaguar Land Rover via Tata to build a battery factory in Somerset. So this is probably the worst possible deal um, that you can imagine. I would definitely third, I would definitely OLE it, not third rail it. Pretty much all trains that currently run third rail can have OLE, um, so have it as as, as overheads. We, sh- we don't need to be building any new third rail, just, just do it as overheads. There are a couple of little stopgap third rail sections that I would say but for a a line like that no no absolutely it should be early anyway 
Um, yeah, so the, the UK government has just paid billions for this battery plant. Um, uh, and what's funny is, uh, yeah, so you can see here um, is uh, is is uh, Dermahani here pointing out. Uh, sources said a significant level of subsidy has provided, been provided, which are likely to be in the form of cash grants, discounts on the cost of energy and training and research funding. The size of the incentive package has not been disclosed. It'll be basically 100% of the construction costs. I have zero doubt that there is... Cut for, that, that we have... So many other projects have stumbled. The UK government will have just said, we will pay, we will pay for this, please come here. We'll just pay for this entirely. <laughs> There's just no chance. Um, uh, uh, Donald Brannigan's asking if uh, if uh, their rail NATO subscription has funded um, my uh, swear bleeper button. You're f***ing right it has. Um, uh, so anyway, batteries marvelous let's talk about on, on a similar theme let's talk about um automaker advertising shall we uh, and uh to do you know wh why are we going to talk about this well we're going to talk about it because uh ketan j0 on twitter uh annoyingly removed their name and has replaced it with their blue sky uh, login, which is confusing. Um, car manufacturers, most of which brag about having set net zero targets, are actively and desperately trying to push their customers into buying significantly more damaging, unsafe, and unhealthy big cars. Uh, there's a new report on this. It's a very interesting report. I'd recommend going in. One of the interesting parts of the report is that if you um, have a look at the um, some of the numbers in here, it goes into the details of how much they're spending on different types of vehicle, and you can see that spending on... So there's this, this auto brand sponsorship, fine. Uh, this the spending that's interesting is the level of spending on SUVs versus uh, medium large cars, which has dropped to zero, uh, and micro and small cars, which has dropped to nearly zero. So these, if I just clear this, uh, this one, this one, and this one are the relevant ones you want to look at. So micro, uh, sorry, let's just uh, micro small cars zero. Medium large cars, close to zero. SUVs, a large amount of funding. Now, why might that be, I wonder? Hmm, that's because it costs the same to build a small car as it costs to build an SUV. But you can charge an enormous amount of money for an SUV, whereas you cannot justify charging the same amount of money for a small car, so the margin is greater on SUV. Don't think that people's personal preference for SUVs is why more SUVs are sold. That's bollocks. That just completely ignores the reality of the situation. SUVs are being bought in larger numbers because auto sellers are pushing SUVs on people. People would not have taken up smoking if it wasn't for tobacco companies pushing cigarettes on everyone. Uh, it's the same situation. And what's quite interesting about this report is that they've converted that into looking at the compiling those figures along with the mean CO2 emissions per kilometer for, the, for those types of ranges, the types of vehicle ranges. They can tell us who is the greatest. Uh, based on the advertising, they can see... Um, uh, the CO2 impact of that advertising. So that's Toyota are the ones who are reaping the carbon disasters because their advertising budget for their various enormous, horrible cars uh, are resulting in... Uh, their, so their advertising budget is huge. Biggest impact by far, by far and large is Toyota. Uh, five of the six vehicles using the analysis are SUVs. Only the RAV4 and the Kluger are currently available in a hybrid configuration. Uh, behind them, Mazda, Hyundai, Mitsubishi, Kia... And then some other ones uh, come there. So, so you can see serious budget being spent on car advertising um, and um, SUVs feature highly. So, yes, not good. Um, so, uh,
Yes, absolutely, Raphael. Yeah, lots, lots of interesting stuff in the chat there. What else? Uh, let's talk about COP28 while we're on the subject of, um, of greenwashing. COP28 is just a miserable sham. This whole thing, the idea that COP28 was awarded to the UAE is just absolutely baffling. Um, the, the Sultan Al-Jabbar is the, is the chief exec of UAE's Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, also the president of this year's COP28 UN Climate Summary uh, Summit, and uh, the state oil firm has been able to read all of the COP28 climate summit emails um it's just baffling that this, that this is this just makes a whole sham of, of cop as an idea um just 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 obviously a non- nonsense for cop to have been awarded to the uae this is just a joke um yeah what piece of i'm gonna briefly go big face because there's some interesting discussion going on uh so yes people in the chat saying even the electric car adverts seem to be dominated by suvs if you remember the chat we had with thea what we need, uh, the, uh, Professor Theo Riofrancos, what we need is smaller vehicles with smaller batteries, and that way we can stretch lithium out and not. And lithium mining isn't isn't a total disaster. We can we can make you know the, we can we can have that that sort of potentially acceptable transition. Um, that's not going to work if uh, if we're having much bigger vehicles. It just isn't isn't going to happen. We need we need um, smaller vehicles with smaller batteries. Uh, we need more aerodynamic vehicles. We need bi- vehicles better shaped and suited to the to the future. Um, and we should just not be SUVs should just not be on the road. I and mean, they should just be absolutely regulated out of existence. You know, you, they should be uh, costing such that you cannot buy an SUV. You should be aiming for light vehicles, um, uh, smaller batteries, longer ranges, but smaller batteries because you have a lighter vehicle. It's like rocket science. You know, you add more battery weight, you need more battery to get the range. Uh, it's a vicious cycle. Uh, anyway, right. Um, so jumping, kind of jumping a bit on the back of like the greenwashing, the way to respond to some of this stuff is, is of course, uh, and the uh, the IPPR brought a really interesting little uh, paper along with other things that I've been talking about, you know, a boss of treasury themed papers uh, coming out uh, saying that now is the time to confront the UK's investment phobia. Invest, invest, invest. That is the story. And uh, yeah, Dermot Hanny again picking up this, um, pointing out that uh, yeah, this this nice quote. There's a couple of quotes actually. Uh, if the economy is the engine of a country, investment is its fuel. But the UK's tank is running on empty, and it's harming economic growth, driving inequality, and slowing the pathway to net zero and energy security. Yeah, well, we know this stuff. That's what we talk about in real matter all the time. Oh, get rid of the poll. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I'll, I'll end the poll. Thanks. Ninety-four percent of people are are still here. Good. Um, Six percent of people aren't though. That's uh, fascinating. Thanks to the six percent of people who aren't here, uh, I'd probably count myself among them. Uh, there's another kind of line of, of, of here, which is, um, yeah, public. This this line is this important. Public investment by national, local, and devolved governments is low and has never been above average for the OECD or the G7. If the public sector had been similarly average in the G7 of the same period, the British government would have invested an additional two hundred and eight billion pounds in real terms. Combining public and private investment, this would total an additional 563 billion pounds or over half a trillion pounds over 16 years in real terms for comparison this would be 14 times the investment needed to build northern paris rail or high speed three uh estimated cost 39 billion or 30 times the cost of the elizabeth line cost 19 billion so yeah uh, when i talk about how much more should be getting invested this is why i get angry because we could have it so much better um, and there's an interesting story by Amy Borat uh, in the FT, really interesting piece, uh, looking at how much um, the UK underperforms and, and our cities underperform. Uh, and it's a point that you know I've made repeatedly, everyone. Um, 
Uh, Anandir uh, is saying hi from India. There are a couple of similar accidents uh, in the months before Odisha, uh, Singapore accident uh, between two freight trains. Thanks, Anand. Uh, thank you uh, very much indeed. Um, so here's Amy. Here's Amy's piece in the FT. Well worth going and finding. I think it's. I think I don't think it's behind paywall. I think you can go and read it. Um, so very good piece. Go and have a read. It's got this graphic so showing that. Uh, uh, so here's the UK. Uh, here's the the. So whilst London does pretty well compared to you know for example Berlin, uh, Paris doing a bit better now. Uh, Rome doing less well than Berlin and Madrid doing even less well. So that's London. But if you look at the second largest city, so you've got Brum and Manchester there. Uh, you can see that they're greatly underperforming. And in fact, if you look at this 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 bar chart here, this spread of cities in, in the UK, we're just horribly underperforming if you compare to um you know to, to certainly to Germany and France. Um relative to their size. Absolutely. Um pretty depressing state of affairs. Actually it's interesting that, that Germany's second and third cities are doing better than Berlin. Um yeah, there you go. Interesting. Anyway. Is this Milan up here, by the way? probably is isn't it uh, anyway i digress the point of this is that why is that happening well uh because of car dependence is why so there's some very interesting analysis looking at the the fact that access to manchester job market is highly dependent on cars so the ratio of jobs accessible in 30 minutes by car against those accessible by public transport um you can see that uh it's just a, a very interesting spread in terms of the cities that are best and worst off in that in this respect so London, Nottingham, actually, all right. That's trams, I suppose. Liverpool with Merseyrail, maybe. Uh, interestingly, like Crawley, Guildford, and Aldershot. Leicester, weirdly, uh, in there. Brum, nah, like so it's, um, yeah, interesting. So so there's, there's, there's a ratio of, of accessibility, but also just the fact that, um, that because of the lack of public transport, Manchester, Birmingham have essentially quite small city centres, so aren't performing as well as all these agglomeration benefits. And the, there's lots of like economic mumbo-jumbo in, in amongst this, but the, there are material reasons why uh, you know, having a larger city centre that has, has a greater pool of people accessible to it is good from you know, any, any political angle. It's a, it's a good thing. Certainly from a socialist perspective, having more people, having more access to more stuff uh, cleanly, cheaply, uh, and efficiently and safely because roads are not safe, uh, and reducing all the stress and noise and all this other stuff associated with cars is just a good thing. Um, and in a similar thing, if, 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 if you can get Tim Dunn doing political tweets, then clearly the, the situation is bad news. Uh, Lower Saxony in Germany pointing out uh, 54 lines for reopening. There's Tim uh, getting excitable about um, just, just saying, uh, friends working at the DFT, uh, levelling up nonsense, uh, and treasury... Uh, just, just, just leaving a little, little story here. Thank, thanks, Tim, for leaving this here. Um, uh, yes, pointing out that there, the, the reality of okay, so it's still, it's still identifying lines for inverted commas reopening. I think there's a lot of these lines are kind of dusty and and still have the tracks in them, unlike in the UK. Um, yeah, so bad news. Anyway, and. Uh, and as we've seen a lot, and this is so true for the railways and railway. In fact, I'd say it's arguably more true for the railway press because the railway press, as a as a as a, an even more narrow demographic than than the wider press. Uh, Andy Verity here, who's one of the who's the uh, BBC's economics correspondent. Um, here's something the review of the BBC's coverage of issues like tax and the public finances said recently. This is this is a quote from the BBC itself. Too often, it's not clear from a report that fiscal policy decisions are also political choices. They're not inevitable. It's just that governments like to present them that way. The language of necessity takes subtle forms. If the BBC adopts it, it can sound perilously close to policy endorsement. Absolutely. 
That's true for anyone writing in the railways. When you write about the fact that money has run out, there's no money, that is a political statement. It is not an economic reality. You should be very careful about that wording. Um, I'm looking at you, modern railways in particular, uh, but others are guilty of it as well. Rail certainly is guilty of it. Um, everyone who's writing in the rails, anything about the rail sector needs to be very careful about the wording they use because it is not an economic reality. It is not. It's a political ideological statement to say that there is no money or that the money is tight. That is not an economic reality. It's not an agreed economic reality. Uh, and Andy continues. He says, wise words. So when government or opposition uses the language of necessity, we can't do X because we can't afford to, due scepticism should be applied. They may be dressing up a subjective political choice as an objective reality. Hashtag to kid starver. Uh, making us think running out of money is as much of a real risk for a sovereign government issuing its own currency as it is for a household or firm, but it's simply not. Uh, obviously, Andy's thread continues. I've asked Andy if he wants to come on rail letter, actually. Um, yes. Uh, so this is absolutely key. These are things that just... It's such an important point. I just want to press on this point. Um on a similar thread, the, uh, the Climate Change Committee in the UK has published this report saying how progress is on uh, all of our climate change action and only nine of 50 measures are currently being successful. Uh, for example, public transport demand being grown is uh, no target set. The number of car kilometres uh, being reduced uh, too early to say. Mm. Um, all of these are kind of road-related things, annoyingly, uh, and they're all either off-track, slightly off-track, or the only one that's on-track is the sale of electric cars. But as I've said, it's not a good thing, everyone. So, yes, uh, obviously, I, I strongly disagree with the CCC on their on, on their priorities for um, uh, decarbonisation. The top of the list should be public transport demand, not, not bottom of the list. But anyway, um, lots of other issues as well. So, you know, we've talked about hydrogen use in, in, in the previous episode, and that's like just a mess not reported or or off target uh but certainly the things off target electric van sales solar pvs for energy supply off target energy efficiency measures in buildings off target heat pump installations off target heat pump costs are off target trained heat pump installers off target private sector targets in industry are off industrial process emissions are off target planting of new woodland is off target peatland restoration and an anaerobic digestion both off target so quite the mess uh, and a load of other stuff that's off target that's significantly off target by the way there's a load of other stuff that is quite a lot off target so problems um uh, yeah deborah bynum is, is saying this comment from uh jan rosano uh in this thread underscores the severity of the situation in only seven years the recent rate of annual emissions reduction outside the electricity supply sector must therefore quadruple as i say invest 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 meanwhile Keir Starmer is allowing, uh, or Keir Starmer's press team are allowing potentially spurious articles, uh, quotes and spurious quotes about the fact that he hates tree huggers. You know, it might well be that this is nonsense, but this is being allowed to be printed. A press team would not be being allowed th allowing this to be printed. They'd be disputing it and saying it's incorrect. And they'd be briefing it as incorrect. Um, they did not. Notable absence of any uh, counteracting briefing. Um, which means that they're allowing this to go into the uh, um, into the, into the public sphere, which means that they basically mean this. Very depressing. Um, 
in so you've got that sort of uh, I'm not interested in uh, in 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 hope and change. Actually, have I got the quote? I don't have the quote. I deliberately didn't pull the quote because it was just depressing. But hopefully, you've all seen the Keir Starmer hates tree star- hates tree huggers um, story. Uh, wanted to ditch the green part, green, the, the the party's green agenda. A lot of people got upset. They were like, "Oh, this isn't this is, this is a false briefing. That's not what they think." But um, I'm sorry, but literally on the you know, a month previously, Rachel Rees had had already cancelled and watered down the Labour twenty eight billion a year green projects pledge. This is a critical pledge. This is one of the few things I was clinging on to, and, and this has been watered down to the point of being ditched already. Sick it, starver. Uh, yes. Um, so, and then other things. You know, other things like um, both parties saying that they are funding a permanent increase in pay. Uh, within the current spending envelopes, which is, you know, as Jonathan Porces here is saying, to state the blinding, obviously, you can't fund a permanent pay and increase baked into future pay with current underspend, which just illustrates that the government's public spending plans post-2024 are complete friction and they know it. So we're heading into an election where the government's spending plans are quite simply deliberately fraudulent and the opposition claims they will, except for some minor tweaks, stick to them. Mad. I'm going to close, um, close Jonathan's brackets there just to de-stress everyone. Yeah, so that's very frustrating. Oh, let's 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 just talk about the RDG as well, an organisation I look forward to never existing uh, again. Um, the, the RTG have done a thing; they're doing some stuff. You know, they're out there pretending they're in charge of stuff, doing little reports. They've done a little report that's uh, commissioned a new tool to calculate the, the industry's carbon footprint more accurately, and um, they're suggesting that uh, rail travel is far more carbon efficient uh, than previously thought. Well, this is not a surprise to me. Fine. Um, this is we're nearly at the end of the news, by the way. We're, we're nearly at the end. We're getting into the kind of the pudding at the end of the of the, of the news. There's there's not much more. There was a lot piled up. I'm sorry, everyone. It's like a month and a half of news stories. Um, very brief thoughts on the campaign for better transport. Um, uh, I have some problems with the campaign for better transport, but they kind of do some good stuff. And and I think you know they're they're, they're a little cozy with government, as often happens. The same with RIA and, and other organisations. You know, they're useful to get cozy. They're useful to to a point but you have to manage their coziness with 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 government um but i want to talk about this messaging so they've done this graphic here and the new report shows that switching half the most popular uk domestic flight journeys to rail would save passengers time and money and save this many tons of carbon can we just talk about this graphic um because uh this this doesn't mean anything to anyone switching half of the top 20 uk domestic flights to rail okay so that's already confusing. So this is really, really bad messaging. And I know I'm not a professional messaging, but the CBT should be better at this stuff. Um, switching half the top... No, just say switching half of UK domestic flights, right? Switching half of UK domestic flights. Why, why is it top 20? That's just confusing. That's that's confusing to people. So just sort of say... you know, Basically say switching half of UK domestic flights to rail... But then, okay, so you're saving this this much CO two. What does that mean? How much? How much is that? Is that a lot? Well, I know that that's not actually a lot because roads emissions are what are they? Every month they're about what ten, twelve more now probably uh, tons of CO two a month. So that's million, million. So this is this is a third of a million. So this is shit all. This is actually this is about this is about one percent less than one percent. I'm not saying it's not important, but that's not a lot. So that but are people be clear about this? 
1.25 billion miles again like that sounds nice but what does that mean relative people need to know relatively to, to to the to the to the overall figures not just an absolute number that's just not useful taking that many cars off the road okay so that's getting closer to be helpful but how many cars are on the road currently well it's a, quite a few million in fact it's what is it like 80 million cars on the road or something like that it's some insane number so what 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 so what's what it's really bad. It's really, really bad campaigning. That doesn't... It's really bad messaging. No one knows that's fine. That's just, gra- just just stats for the sake of creating a graphic. What's the, What does that mean? What, is that meaningful? Is it worth doing that? Or actually, is, are we better... You know, what, 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 what are we better doing? You know, what, what does this actually mean? It's, it's just really bad messaging. Uh, sorry, I'm aggravated by it. Uh, so let's cheer ourselves up uh, with the very... Kind of our last couple of stories. Uh, Looper Hype lives on. Yeah, Hyperloop Week in Edinburgh is still a thing for some stupid reason. Maybe I should go and crash it in, 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 in a future year and ask what the f- it's still going on about. So they've got their vacuum pipe. They fire the little Hyperloop thing. I know this is supposed to be an engineering project. It's a bit like primary school kids firing the eggs into an air in a rocket and then landing it with a parachute. Except that the trouble is the messaging with this isn't that. Because it's saying innovation in the sustainable high-speed transport sector and explore the limitless possibilities for Hyperloop technology. No, uh, Hyperloop technology is hugely limited. It's crap. I I see this podcast and God knows everything I've ever talked about so much more before. So this... This this is this is this is this messaging the hype, loopy hype messaging continues to live on. It's, it's rather aggravating to me, given that um yeah I can understand why Lumo are buying into it. Lumo are uh, and Lumo just first group anyway. Um anyway whatever. Yeah. So um let's talk about happy things. We're going to end on some happy news, which is that uh, Dave Grohl absolutely still remains completely based. <laughs> just here he is taking a GWR train. It's nice that GWR say, yeah, even Rock Royalty knows there's no better way to travel to Glastonbury than by train. Uh, yes, it's, uh, it's Dave Grohl just, uh, you know, hanging out on the on a GWR train, making making his way to Glastonbury. Just absolutely, absolutely based. Love it. Uh, just shout out to Dave Grohl. Uh, and and just yeah, just our, our pro trans pro LGBTQ plus boy here, just a just an all round good egg, I believe is uh, is Dave Grohl here. Lots of time for him. Um, yes, uh, I know people are saying this. I do have a lot of time for the Shadow Transport Secretary of State for Transport. Sorry, uh, Louise Haig. She's good. Uh, will she be still in post and uh, how much will she do given the, the state of what uh, Rachel Reeves and, and others are, are up to around her in the party? I don't know. Um, based or based? Uh, good question, Raphael Nicolaus. Yes. Uh, very good question. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, right. Dave Grohl. Happy days. Oh, my goodness me. Um Everyone, thanks, thanks for thanks, thanks for joining. That was a bit of a, a bit of a longer one. Uh, not that not too much longer. Pro trans, pro trains. Dave Grohl based. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Oh, but has anyone in East, has anyone got their East Midlands contact, East Midlands Railway contact out there to create an East Midlands Railway uh, they then badge for miles? Anyone, anyone got on that? Anyone? Anyone? I'm waiting. I'm, wa- I'm waiting. Where? We're waiting. Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be good fun. Anyway, right. Uh, enough of me waffling. Let's uh, let's get on with this. Right. Uh, all the only people. Hello. Uh, hopefully you've got. I'd love a rail natter with Dave Grohl. The chance of me getting Dave Grohl on rail natter are low low is it going to stop me trying probably i don't know what i'd talk about It'd be fun to get dave Grohl on he's a, he's a busy man uh what would i ask him 
Thoughts in the Discord server. Anyway, uh, all the only people, thanks for listening. Um, always a pleasure to have you along. Uh, hopefully this stitched. I don't know how... Are news stories good or bad on on, on the only... I don't know. Uh, Patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis to, to continue supporting me. Honestly, your support is incredibly valuable. It justifies my time, which is in, in, invariably and hugely limited at the moment. It's only going to get more limited as I'm, uh, I'm changing jobs at the moment, which is exciting. Um, but also, you know, baby. Um, GarethDentist.co.uk slash merch for the merchandise. Uh, I am about to give, uh, I'm about to write a, a large comedy check for uh, York LGBT forum from the income from the uh, from the Pride Tea. Uh, so I'm going to just create another one of those, um, uh, which should be fun. I, I, I took a screenshot of a thing that inspired me and th- made me think of a new possible uh, alternative tea that I'm going to do. Anyway, uh, yes. Um, so more on that. Uh, as I say, all proceeds to the Pride Tees go to York LGBT Forum. PayPal.me slash Gareth Dennis for loose change of use. Gareth Dennis, case slash Discord for the Discord server. Come and join us on the Discord server where lots of this will happen and continue happening. Um, the, the chat will continue forever. Uh, anyway, right. Um, oh, yes. I was on Trash Future. Enter the Railway Ronin. Last episode I was on. I've been on quite a few episodes now, and I? Great Train Robbery, Murder in the Dark, and Dagenham Express, Taking Britain 1, 2, 3, Trash Future, Avanti West Coast, and then the most recent episode. That's five Trash Future TFs I've been on. Uh, always a pleasure. Always good fun. Um, but yeah, go, 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 go listen. It was good fun. Also, I haven't really plugged these. I was on, um, I've been on two other podcasts. I was on um, Podcasting's Practice. The, I was on with the gang talking about HS2. And also, uh, I was on with Rhodes, the Road CC gang talking about uh, bikes on trains, and, and I got very aggravated in, in, in that episode. Um, uh, so, so this, uh, if, if you want more me, and good grief, isn't there enough of me around, uh, then uh, you can go and uh, listen to that and, uh, and enjoy it. Next week, oh, now this is exciting. Next week, um, actually, title TBC, because I still yet to get back to hear back from uh, the, the Alex's PA to confirm. Um, episode 176, A Week in the Life of a Railway Manager. We have Alex Hines on. The literal boss of ScotRail is joining us on Rail Natter. That's exciting. Um, there are some interesting conversations to be had, I think. Um, I, I, so send thoughts and questions. I know a few of you on here who might have some quite vigorous questions for Alex Hines. But I, I don't want to sit... I, I, I think it's... I like Alex and I want to understand what the challenges are for Rail Manager. I think Alex is... Absolutely, along with David Horn and others who were on the BR Graduate Programme, actually. Uh, Alex Hines is one of the points of light in terms of railway management. But I'm interested to know what power someone like Alex has to get between the politics and the mechanics of the railway. So I think this I think this is an interesting opportunity. I know Alex has said a couple of things that are disappointing on, on strikes. Um, I actually don't... Yeah, I don't think he actually holds... But anyway, we... we Again, politics. I'm interested to um, to get in between the, the the what 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 power does a rail manager have to to affect change? Um, it's interesting to get in there and see what they can do to make a difference. Is their role just to be responsible for everything, or are there things they can materially change? Um, let's pick into that. Let's ask Alex why he's what. <laughs> basically, to all intents and purposes, uh, Alex, uh, what is your job and why, and do you have any power? Uh, that's essentially what we're going to do um, I would love to get David Horn on actually David and I are, are kind of uh, also like uh, likely chummy uh, on here and, uh, and and in person so it would be fun to get David on as well and have a chat yes anyway it's Alex on next week that's going to be exciting uh, unless something happens with the PA and it screws up and then I'll turn it into a pre-record and put it on later but anyway that's next week everyone 
Oh, that was fun. I'm 20 minutes late. I need to now escape from this and go and uh, tend to my wife and child um, uh, and uh, try and help out with bedtime. If I can, if she's still up, she might not be up. If that if that's the case, then I'm going to go and do some chores like the dishes and then pack things up and, and unpack from the holiday and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, everyone, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, another news episode. Hopefully, uh, there won't. I, I always want to not do a news episode um, because uh, I want to do, do a little bit of news in all the other episodes and never have news episodes because they're always right stress, but I never, never was working like that. Anyway, right. Uh, you, you've, you've had an extra seven, 17, no, 14 minutes of me because I was late at the start of the episode, so you've got some extra bonus. Anyway, right. I'm also pulling together. Oh, no, that's going to be for the Discord Patreon supporters. I'll go into the Discord and tell you about it. Anyway, in fact, you already know about that. Right, I'm waving. I'm, I'm, I'm faffing on. Uh, love to you all. Always a pleasure. Take care. Cheerio!